Because medical training is lacking in financial education, new pathologists are often at a loss when diagnosing their financial health. But the burden of student debt, modest resident salaries, and the societal pressures of physician wealth can lead to financial despair, depression, and burnout during training, writes Dr. Ann Mills in an editorial recently published in the Archives of Pathology and Laboratory Medicine. In this CAPCAST, Dr. Mills, a pathologist at the University of Virginia, discusses the challenges many young pathologists face in understanding their financial situation and some steps they can take toward financial stability. Dr. Mills, what are some common financial challenges pathologists face during training and early in their career? Thanks so much for having me. Well, like all new doctors, pathologists often enter their careers with significant debt and sparse retirement savings. In fact, the average medical student graduates with $150,000 worth of loans, and plenty carry much more. Dual physician families can easily approach half a million dollars worth of educational debt. Furthermore, many of us didn't accrue much financial acumen during our higher education years. A pre-med curriculum leaves little time for economics classes, and many of us are too busy learning medicine to seek out a solid financial education after that. This means that many of us enter the workforce feeling incredibly overwhelmed by money issues. Now, I'm not a financial expert myself, so our discussion today is purely for informational, informal purposes. Ultimately, you'll need to make your own financial decisions in conjunction with applicable professionals. What kind of impact can these financial stresses have on young pathologists? We are only starting to scratch the surface of how much stress can interfere with physician performance, and it's been well established in other fields that financial concerns can lead to work absenteeism and diminished performance. Monetary anxieties also have the potential to hinder clinical judgment when a doctor's motivations become complicated by the drive for financial gain. Finally, fiscal instability and fear for the future can fuel burnout, one of the most pressing concerns in the medical workforce. That's one of the reasons Dr. Ann Champeau and I decided to put together this article. The new ACGME program requirements dictate that we provide residents with psychological, emotional, and physical well-being in order to train competent, caring, and resilient physicians. There's a growing body of literature related to the importance of gratitude in staving off burnout, and developing financial awareness can help doctors cultivate gratitude by learning to appreciate what we have rather than constantly grasping for the next big purchase. What are some initial steps that pathologists can take in terms of financial planning? It can first seem daunting to tackle your financial health, but that feeling can turn into one of empowerment with a few preliminary steps. An important first step is making some active choices about who you want weighing in on your finances. Because many of us left medical school quite ignorant about financial issues, It can be tempting to throw up our hands and sign on with the first financial advisor who approaches us. And we will be approached because, sadly, doctors are considered very easy prey for dubious dealers, simply because we have so little background in how to manage our own money. One classic approach is the advisor who specializes in physicians. For many savvy doctors, this is actually a red flag because often these individuals specialize more in their own gain than in ours. At a minimum, you should select a financial advisor who is certified as a fiduciary. That means they are legally obligated to act in your best interest. It is worth maintaining skepticism about anyone who works on a commission. At the end of the day, these are ultimately salespeople, not financial advisors. It's important to emphasize that you may not need a financial advisor. 
Most of the steps we discuss in our article can be accomplished without one. For example, setting up an employer-sponsored retirement plan need not involve an advisor. So let's talk a little more about these plans. What kind of employer-sponsored plans are available to new and practice pathologists? Well, the most common types of employer-sponsored plans are 401k, 403b, and 457b plans. These are pre-tax plans, which means you pay taxes later when you withdraw the money in retirement. This means that they're an excellent way to reduce current tax burden and allow you to maximize your savings. The annual contribution limit is currently a combined $18,000 for a 401k and 403b and another $18,000 for a 457b. If you only take one step towards securing your financial future, setting up an automatic maximal contribution to these plans before your first paycheck is a great start. And what about managing medical school debt? I'm sure many of our listeners are probably confronting significant education loans. Yeah, I joke in the article that most pathologists would rather tackle a gruesome full of unfixed placentas than face the magnitude of their medical school debt. But putting your head in the sand won't make them go away. In fact, it will make them grow. A federal loan of $180,000 becomes nearly half a million if you take 25 years to pay it off. Given that, it's worth considering taking a scorched-earth approach to loans. As a two-physician family, my husband and I decided to devote one of our salaries exclusively towards loans when we became attendings. Less than two years later, we were debt-free. Now, this approach isn't for everyone, and you could argue that squirreling away the money for retirement might have been more prudent. But for us, it was very empowering to watch that number go to zero and liberating to make career and family decisions without feeling beholden to that loan. Consider how debt-averse you are and make a plan to tackle your debt accordingly. Finally, any parting advice that you can share about how young pathologists can pursue financial stability? If you can try to maintain a trainee lifestyle for just a couple of years in practice, you will reach huge long-term rewards. As pathologists, we understand a methodical and deliberate approach in our daily work, but can be prone to rash choices when we see that first real paycheck and hear the siren song of the impressive car, the big house, and the luxury vacation. It's an understandable instinct. We've worked hard and our families have sacrificed. Shouldn't we see some reward? It's not that we can't have those things. It's just that we probably shouldn't have them all at once and certainly not the instant we finish training. Consider taking some time to build up savings and make headway in debt before expanding expenditures to fit your new income. Spending is like weight gain. It creeps up insidiously, and once you reach a new set point, it's much harder to cut back. Deliberately controlling spending can also help us remember why we went into medicine in the first place and foster appreciation for the things we already have in life. That cultivation of gratitude can feed back into our overall well-being, helping stave off burnout, contributing to richer, more balanced lives, both as physicians and as people. Thank you, Dr. Mills, for sharing your valuable insight. Be sure to read Dr. Mills' editorial, Financial Health for the Pathology Trainee, Fiscal Prevention, Diagnosis, and Targeted Therapy for Young Physicians, published September 20th on the Archives of Pathology and Laboratory Medicine website. Thank you for listening to this CAPcast. Be sure to listen to our other CAPcasts from the College of American Pathologists on our SoundCloud channel at soundcloud.com forward slash pathologist. And we're also now on iTunes. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes by searching for the word CAPcast in your iTunes store. Once you find our podcast, be sure to click the subscribe button so you don't miss any new CAPcast episodes.